Hello, everybody. Welcome back. CCT, episode 26. We're back. We're live. I appreciate, as always, everyone tuning in, everyone taking time out of the day to come through to the fam, the great conversation we have about college football every week. Um, as always, appreciate all the love and support, and I hope everyone is staying safe, as always. But today we'll jump in, talk about some of the games and scores from last weekend. As many of us know, as we tuned in potentially last week, if not, either way, the Red River rivalry occurred last weekend in the heart of Texas at the State Fair. Texas absolutely stomped Oklahoma for the first time in a long, long time. Texas defeated the Sooners 49-0. Texas moves to 4-2. and They ranked 22nd in the nation. Oklahoma falls to fall 3-3. Excuse me. Again, Brent Venerable's first year after being the defensive coordinator at Clemson has not looked good as a boomer Sooner. Again, he's defensive coordinator. Clemson's defenses during their title runs were stout. They also had some poor years, specifically their D-backs over the recent years. They always produce good linemen. But that has not transitioned to Oklahoma. Again, their defense hasn't really been able to stop a nosebleed, and they got shut out, 49-0. So bad look in your first Red River rivalry game. But uh, Texas, hats off to them. Sarkeesian, the offense looked great. Quinn Ears lit it up. Going into more stats here, Texas had a total of 585 yards. Oklahoma had a 195. Texas had 289 in the passing game. Oklahoma only had 39 passing yards the whole game. As many know, Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley was one of the best offenses in the nation. Very big running and air raid passing game. Considering they only had 39 yards against Texas is kind of embarrassing. Not even embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Texas had 296 rushing yards, excuse me, and Oklahoma had 156 rushing yards. So they had a little bit in the running game, but nothing compared to Texas. Almost, oh, more than a 300, almost a 400-yard discrepancy between the two teams. Texas, more specifically, Quinn Ears, back from his injury, was 21-31 passing, 289 yards. He had four touchdowns and an interception. He also had two rushes for 17 yards. Again, if you guys, if no one has ever seen Quinn Ears play, I definitely recommend it. He has a great arm, perfect touch on the ball. Again, he's young, but he looks great. Again, lit up Oklahoma for 49 points. So shout out to him there. Bijan Robinson, the running back, had 22 rushes for 130 yards and two touchdowns. Again, one of the best running backs in the country, has been for the past couple of years. Lit it up, finally got a Red River Rivalry W. So shout out to him. So in the receiving game, Sanders and Winnington. Sanders had five receptions for 71 yards and two touchdowns. Winnington had five receptions for 97 yards. Again, shout out to Texas. Again, they just beat the brakes off Oklahoma. Going to Oklahoma more specifically, Bevel, their quarterback. Again, Dylan Gabriel was hurt. So Bevel, the quarterback, was 6 of 12 passing, 38 yards. Again, so embarrassing, atrocious for an Oklahoma offense to have 38, 39 passing yards. He also had an interception. Gray, the running back, had 11 rushes for 59 yards. Big horns up. Big horns up. Again, Texas on top of Oklahoma. Big win for them. They moved to 4-2. and two. Next, jumping into the big Pac-12 matchup, UCLA versus Utah. UCLA defeated Utah by 10, 42-32. They improved the 6-0. and They're ranked 11th in the nation. Utah falls to 4-2. and two. They are 20th in the nation. 
Again, hats off to Utah here. DTR, their quarterback, Dante Thompson-Robinson, had one hell of a game. I'll get to into stats in a little bit. But shout out to them. They look great. Beat up on a good Utah team. They won by 10. So a hard-fought victory there. Going into the stats, each team had, well, excuse me, UCLA had a turnover. Utah had two turnovers. UCLA had 502 total yards. Utah had 479. UCLA was 299 in the passing game, 203 in the rushing game. Utah was 287 in the passing game, 192 in the rushing game. So, again, pretty even, pretty, you know, consistent both sides of the ball there. Going into specific stats here, Dante Thompson-Robinson, again, DTR for UCLA, was 18-23 passing, 299 yards, four touchdowns and one interception. He also had 11 rushes for eight yards and one touchdown. So a five-touchdown day total for him. Again, balled the hell out. Shout-out to him. Shaw Bennett, the running back, had 22 rushes for 198 yards and a touchdown. Great stat line for him, almost 200 yards and a touchdown. Allen, one of their wide receivers, had six receptions for 41 yards. Going into Utah, Cam Risen, their quarterback, was 23 of 32, had 287 yards passing, one interception. He also had 13 rushes for 59 yards and two touchdowns. Thomas, the running back, had 18 rushes for 91 yards and a touchdown. Bailey, the wide receiver, had six receptions for 87 yards. Again, shout out to UCLA. The Bruins are now undefeated. Beat a great Utah team. Again, nothing to you know blow your nose at. They're a good team. Shout out to UCLA. Going undefeated, moving on. Next, we have the Alabama Texas A&M game. Bama squeaked out a victory in the last final seconds of the game. They improved to 6-0. They defeated Texas A&M 24-20 in Tuscaloosa. Bama falls to number three. They were ranked one, but they fell to three. Texas A&M falls to three and three on the year. Well, I watched this whole game. Jalen Monroe, as many know, was playing for an injured Bryce Young. And last week against Arkansas, he came in and looked great. Had a big, long rushing touchdown. Moved the ball around consistently. Did great. This game, he did not look as well. Again, he looked rattled. I'll go into more stats, but Bama total as a team had four turnovers. A&M only had one. Bama had a total of 399 yards. A&M had 323. Bama had 11, 111 passing yards to Texas A&M's 253. Bama had 288 rushing yards, and A&M had 70 rushing yards. Again, their defense shut down A-Train, A-Chain, I should say, excuse me, and Alabama ran the ball very well with Gibbs and other running backs. But again, their passing game wasn't really it with Milrow. And going to Milrow stats real quick, he was 12 of 19 for 111 yards. He had three touchdowns passing and an interception, but he also had two fumbles. He also had 17 rushes for 83 yards. Again, in the pocket, he looked very indecisive. He would drop back, the rush would start to come, and you'd think about tucking the ball, but he would stay in the pocket and someone would come behind him. He got stripped twice, lost two fumbles. Again, he also threw an interception, but any fan watching that game probably should have been at least four or five passes that should have been picked off. One of them was thrown right to the defender, and the guy just dropped it. Um, again, he did not look good there. He's young. Again, he's from Texas. Definitely have big shoes to fill with Bryce Young, but he's not ready. Again, that's why Bryce Young is there. Now going into Jameer Gibbs. Excuse me. He had 21 rushes for 154 yards. 
Again, he has been the best player. I've said it over and over again. He's been the best player Bama has had the whole year. Been a workhorse in the rushing game and the passing game. Shout out to him for keeping this team alive while Bryce Young is injured. Um, Sanders, the other running back, also had a fumble. He got the ball peanut punched out while he was trying to fight for extra yards. So overall, bad game for Bama in the turnover field. Probably should have lost this game. Um, A&M now, King, their quarterback. Again, he was filling in for the quarterback who was injured. He was 25-46, 253 yards passing. He had two touchdowns and interception. He also had eight rushes for 10 yards. Towards the end of the game, he was on one leg, and he was still making ridiculous passes that wide receivers would make diving or acrobatic catches. But he's a trooper. He fought through it, went down to the last play of the game. Play call was questionable. A couple seconds left. Again, wasn't really a good play call. Didn't catch the ball. Alabama won the game. But A&M had a chance to win it. I'll go into some more feedback from around the college football world on that play call later. A-chain, again, Alabama's defense showed up big. They pretty much shut him down. He had 16 rushes for 62 yards. Nothing special there. Stewart, the wide receiver, had eight receptions for 104 yards. He balled out. Shout out to him. But Bama survived. They got a big game this week against Tennessee. I'll go into more of that later. TCU, Kansas, the last game we're going to talk about today. The Horned Frogs against the Jayhawks. College game, they was there for the first time in Lawrence, Kansas. And the Jayhawks fell, unfortunately, to the Horned Frogs. TCU won 38-31. TCU improves to 5-0. They're 13th in the country. Kansas falls to 5-1. They're now ranked 19th in the nation. Owner stats here. TCU had two turnovers. Kansas also had two. But yardage is very disproportionate, as you can see here. Kansas had 540 total yards. TCU had 452. So, again, big discrepancy there on the total yardage. Passing game was pretty much very similar 308 for TCU, 351 for Kansas. TCU's quarterback, Dugan, had nine rushes for 55 yards and a touchdown. He also had 23 passes, 23 of 33 passing, 308 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Again, four touchdown day for him. Shout out to him on a big stage on the road. Miller, the running back, had 18 rushes for 88 yards and a touchdown. Johnston, the wide receiver, one hell of a game for a wide receiver. Listen to this stat, 14 receptions, 206 yards and a touchdown. Again, any day you have over 100 yards or you know high 70s, 80s, 90s is a great game. But 206 yards and a touchdown for 14 receptions. Shout out to you, man. You balled out. Great game there. Uh, Dan- Jalen Daniels, Kansas quarterback, he was 5-10 passing for 89 yards, and he was hurt. Left the game. Bean, their backup, came in. 16-24 passing, 262 yards and four touchdowns. He also had an interception. Neal, the running back, had 15 rushes for 88 yards. And Skinner, one of their wide receivers, had four receptions for 98 yards and two touchdowns. Again, we'll go into more Daniel's health in a little bit. But um, again, Jayhawks almost pulled it out. Home crowd game day was there. First time they've ever been. Amped up stadium in Kansas. It's a shame the Jayhawks did not pull out the W. But at the end of the day, good dub for TCU on the road. They stay undefeated. Now we're going to our notable L's and our close W's. This is just a little recap of some of the scores I'm not going to go too much into. 
but just want to go over either some big upsets that happens or some close W's from some of the top teams around the nation. So UGA, the Dogs, handily defeated Auburn, 42 to 10. Georgia improves to six and zero. They move to number one. Auburn falls to three and three. Ohio State beat up on a lowly Michigan State team, 49 to 20. Ohio State moves to number two. They're six and zero. Michigan State falls to two and four. Notre Dame squeaked out a close one against BYU. They defeated BYU 28-20. Notre Dame moves to 3-2. BYU falls to 4-2. NC State squeaked out a close one against FSU, a.k.a. Free Shoes University for all my Seminoles out there. NC State defeated Florida State 19-17. They improved to 5-1. They're 15th in the country. FSU falls to four and two. And a great offensive matchup. Lit up the scoreboards here. We have the Illinois Iowa game. Final score of this game. I hope everyone's on the edge of their seat here. Illinois defeated Iowa nine to six. And it was all field goals. So a total of five field goals was kicked during this game. Illinois, they improved to five and one. They're 24th in the nation. Iowa falls to three and three. Again, a lot of offense there, as many of you could tell. Last but not least, Kansas State defeats Iowa State by one, 10 to nine, in a thriller game. Kansas State improves to five and one. Iowa State falls to three and three. Kansas State is now 17th in the nation in the poll. Alrighty, Rue. We'll now transition into one of my favorite sections. A lot of fan favorite sections here, college football news. We just go around the wild world of college football, see what type of good stuff, bad stuff, wholesome stuff is going on in the world. So going back to Jalen Daniels news before when I said he was hurt, a rumor or report came out that he is a level three separated shoulder and he was done for the year or out for the season. And then Jalen Daniels came out and tweeted and said, sheesh. That's news to me. So obviously, whatever this guy's reporting ain't true. So you got to call him out right there. And then the coach, Coach Leopold of Kansas, tweeted a picture of Daniels in his office that night, flexing and putting his hands up in the air. So again, he looks fine. Again, I don't think it's too major of an injury. But whoever got that bad uh, bad beat on that story, I feel embarrassed for you because you kind of got told by both of them. So sorry for you, buddy, but... I think Jalen Daniels isn't as bad as everyone thinks he is, or they think he is. Next, jumping into that last play for the Alabama-Texas A&M game. Again, Texas A&M had it, I believe, on the two-yard line, three-yard line of Alabama. A couple seconds left, and they ran this play. They had two or three wide receivers on the left. They each chain in the background, the back, excuse me, the backfield with King. They had a wide receiver spread out right to the near side. He kind of ran a little up and comeback, so he kind of ran a little a little flag, a little comeback route. And the D-back kind of just pushed him back towards the sidelines. He ended up catching the ball, and that was the end of the game. And something notably throughout the college football world, and AM sounded off on it. As many of you know, Johnny Manziel and Money Manziel won the Heisman 2012. He also defeated Alabama in back-to-back years. So Money Manziel knows how to beat Alabama. And he came out on Twitter and after the game and stated, 
one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my life. You have one play to beat the number one team in the country, and that's what we run. Every single practice, you have a goal line period and practice these types of situations. That's the joke of an ending for the Aggies. He also put the barfing face emojis as well. Lastly, he stated, we didn't, thought, we didn't think we could hang with Bama for an entire game. Once you're in the position to win in a single play, drop sack and go for the kill. So Manziel was not happy, as many know. He was an electric player in college, did not turn out in the NFL, but not happy. A lot of people, a lot of AM fans were not happy with the final play. Again, Jimbo Fisher, and that offense has looked archaic. Looks like something a caveman could have drawn up. They're probably the, one of the worst offenses in the country. I know in the SEC, but probably in the country. And that's what you run last play of the game. I was watching the game terrified. I thought Alabama was going to blow the game. But again, Texas A&M kind of ran a bad play calling Alabama's defense came out. But again, there's a, I believe a Netflix documentary coming up on Money Manziel. We just had the Manti Teo one recently. So now Johnny Manziel will be coming out soon as well. Next, a little bit of history for everyone. So last week, last Friday... October 7th, 106 years ago, in 1916, there was a college football matchup between Georgia Tech and Cumberland. And I saw this the other day as a post. You ready for a lopsided college football score? Georgia Tech defeated Cumberland 222-0. to zero. That is a real score, a real result from 1916. Again, if Georgia Tech or anyone else is doing that to teams now, I think that would be considered a crime because I don't understand why they kept playing that game. Going into some stats for this game, Georgia Tech had 978 rushing yards, almost a 1,000, zero turnovers. They didn't even attempt to pass, so no passing yards, but 978 rushing yards and a score of 222, just that. Now, Cumberland, team that got shut out, they had 15 turnovers, six interceptions. They rushed for negative 42, negative, negative 42 rushing yards. They were two of 18 passing for 14 yards, and they got shut out. So again, if I was uh, Cumberland, especially back day, I probably would have either like resigned from the working there. I would have like left the school. I might have been embarrassed. Again, imagine if Georgia Tech was doing that to teams now. 222. Zero. I just wanted to give that little blast from the past history lesson there. Jumping into some SEC coaching drama now. Not Saban and Jimbo, as many would think. South Carolina, USC to fake USC, I should say, the Gamecocks. Defeated Kentucky, the Wildcats, 24-14 this past weekend. And Shane Beamer, their coach, he has been known for being a very charismatic guy. You know, gets along with the players, jokes around. And he has kept the receipts from SEC Media Day this past year where Mark Stoops, Kentucky's head coach, said that, you know, Marty and McGee, who are on SEC Network, they were asking him, so what do you take away from what you've done at Kentucky besides the winning and losing? And he was saying the respect throughout the league that I get from the coaches and the players. And then he took a shot at Shane Beamer and said, you know, some people dance around, put on goofy sunglasses, you know, changing the climate. But what I've done at Kentucky is changing the culture. So then after the game in the locker room, after South Carolina beat Kentucky, 
Shane Beamer said, hey guys, you know, we respectful on the field, but you know, someone out there said, you know, I put on some goofy sunglasses and I dance around. At the end of the day, we just beat him, and then the coach ended up putting his hat on backwards, putting some sunglasses on, blasting music, and broke it down with the team. So shout out to the Gamecocks. Again, love to see stuff like that. Uh, Shane Bieber has done a pretty good job since he's gone to South Carolina. So shout out to him. Good win against Kentucky. Love that he rubbed it right in Mark Stoops' face and kept the receipts there. You love to see that. Next, um, Tennessee. University of Tennessee, the Volunteers, one of their D-backs and team captain, Jalen McCullough. Again, probably mispronouncing your name. I'm sorry about that. He was arrested this past weekend for assault. And he will not be playing in the Alabama game this weekend. Again, big loss, team captain, one of their best D-backs. Volunteers will be down a starter there. Tennessee wide receiver, Brew McCoy, has had one crazy college journey. I decided to sum up for everybody here. Again, just a little background. He was a five-star recruit at a modern-day high school in California, signed with Southern Cal, and enrolled early in January of 2019. After 17 days, literally 17 days, he transferred to Texas. Big horns. Big horns up there. But then in June, so five months later, in June of 2019, McCoy transferred back to Southern Cal. So he's back in California. He sat out the rest of the 2019 season. He redshirted. And in 2020, he posted some solid stats, solid numbers. Then he was suspended for the 2021 season. And this past year, 2022, he transferred to Tennessee. And now he's become a reliable and a top target for Hendon Hooker since Cedric Tillman, their best wide receiver, has been out with an injury. So again, Brew McCoy, watch for him to do big things this weekend against Alabama. Shout out to him again. Had a wild journey, heavily recruited. Pinball, Southern Cal, Texas, back to Southern Cal. Sat out, redshirted, played, suspended, transferred to Tennessee, and is coming to his own with this injury. So, again, great story for Brew McCoy there. Again, big game against Alabama this weekend. A little more lighthearted news here. UNC, UNC Chapel Hill. Again, Carolina will be rocking chrome helmets this weekend. For their matchup with Duke. The Tar Heels be having, everyone knows the Carolina Blue, that baby blue, I should probably call it Carolina Blue because that's what it is. It's their own specific type of blue. It's going to be chrome on their helmets. I saw the logo. They have the foot, you know, because they're the Tar Heels and they have a black spot on the heel, which makes sense. But um, very sick, very cool type of helmet. Definitely recommend everyone pull up a picture and check that out. And last but not least with the college football news here. It is the second time, second time in college football history, going back eons and eons before the dinosaurs. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe dinosaurs played college football. I don't know. But this weekend, we have three matchups of teams 5-0 and or better. Three matchups. So, again, this is the only second time in history. Again, and people always tell me, well, you know, college football is so predictable. Well, if it's so predictable, how come this is the second time in history that by week five, week six, there's only, what is it, two, yeah, only six teams that are undefeated. So I don't know if that, you know, goes to tell you something or people who just talk to me are crazy, but eh, we'll figure that out in another day. But again, second time in college football history, 
that there's three matchups of teams 5-0 or better on the same day, all this Saturday. And that transitions right to our games of the week. Perfect timing. So last weekend, with my picks, I was 5-6. of six. I picked Texas over Oklahoma. They won. I picked Georgia over Auburn. They won. Picked TCU over Kansas. They won. UCLA over Utah. UCLA won. Bam over A&M. By some you know, higher power, they pulled out and beat A&M. I picked FSU against NC State. That was my only blemish. So five of six this weekend. We'll shoot for six and six, but we'll see. So what do we got? We have the noon kickoff game, big noon kickoff. In the Big Ten, we have number 10, Penn State. Going on the road to the big house in Michigan. Both teams are 5-0. Well, excuse me. Penn State is 5-0. Michigan is 6-0. Michigan is ranked number 5 in the country. Penn State number 10 in the nation. That game is, again, 12 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Big noon kickoff will be there. Reggie Bush, Matt Leinhart. Again, all the boys will be there. Again, you'll have Joel Klatt. You'll have the fellas. Everyone there. Gus Johnson calling the game. Big environment in the big house. I'm taking Penn State to upset Michigan. Again, I've picked against Michigan this year. It's also bit me bit me in the butt. But again, I think Penn State will go into Michigan, upset them. I'm taking Penn State there. Next, we have Bama, Tennessee. Bama, number three in the nation at 6-0. We'll be going on the road to Knoxville at Neyland Stadium. Tennessee, 6-0. They are ranked number six in the nation. Top, top six matchup there. That game will be 3.30 p.m. on CBS. Game day will be going back to Tennessee. As many know, it was there a couple weeks ago for the Florida-Tennessee game. But they're going back for the Bama-Tennessee game again. Both teams are undefeated. Big determination of what's going to happen later in the year with this game. Again, if Bryce Young is playing, I'm going Bama all the way. Again, we don't know if he's playing or not. I'm going Bama still. But again, this year Tennessee has looked great. They probably had... If not the best offense in the country, the second best offense in the whole country. Again, their defense is okay. Alabama's strength has been their defense so far this year. Bryce Young and that offense, that young offense, really haven't come into their own besides Jameer Gibbs. Bryce Young has been injured. If he can come back, obviously Bama has a chance to win the game. But we shall see. I'm going with Bama there on the road in Knoxville. Next, we have Big 12 matchup, another undefeated. So the two undefeated games so far is Penn State, Michigan, Bama, Tennessee. The last undefeated matchup we have is Oklahoma State versus TCU. The Cowboys of Oklahoma State, 5-0. They're number eight in the country. They'll be traveling to TCU, who are 5-0. They're ranked 13th in the nation. Game, this is a, this again, this is a close game. Both teams are great. Again, we got to see a little bit of TCU last week when they played Kansas. I like Dugan, but I also like what Oklahoma State's been doing. That game is 3.30 p.m. on ABC. I'm going with the Horn Frogs here with another upset. I'm picking them at home to ruin the Cowboys' undefeated record. Stay undefeated. I'm picking TCU there. Next, ACC big matchup here. We have NC State, number 15th in the nation. They're 5-1. Going on the road, upstate New York to the Carrier Dome. The fair face-off against the Syracuse Orange who are 5-0. They're ranked 18th in the nation. That game is 3.30 p.m. on ACC Network or DirecTV 6-12. Again, close game. NC State had their only blemish against Clemson this year. Syracuse has looked great. They'll be home in that carrier dome in upstate New York. 
Something's different up there. They've upset some great teams. So I'm rolling with the Orange to stay undefeated. Go Syracuse, go. Next, Battle of North Carolina, I kind of mentioned before. UNC against Duke. The Tar Heels will be going to Duke. They are 5-1. and one. Duke is 4-2. and two. That game is 8 p.m. on ACC Network or DirecTV 612. Excuse me, this game... It's really a toss-up in my eyes. Duke is home. UNC is coming there. Bitter hostility between these two teams. They dislike each other very much. Again, big basketball rivals, big rivals in many sports, lacrosse, you know, soccer, et cetera, et cetera, football. I'm going to ro roll with the Tar Heels here. Again, I'll think they'll pull out the victory in Duke. And last but not least, a Pac-12 matchup. Undefeated Southern Cal. 6-0, they're number 7 in the nation. We'll be playing Utah, the Utes at home, who are 4-2. Again, Utah just lost to UCLA. Will they lose to another California team? We'll see what Southern Cal. Southern Cal has that dynamic quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Caleb Williams, Die, the running back, and Addison, their wide receiver. That game is 8 p.m. on Fox. Here, I'm going to go with the Trojans. Again, Utah is stout, but I don't think they'll upset Southern Cal here. So I'm rocking with the Trojans. So I'm going Penn State to win at Michigan, Bama to win at Tennessee, TCU to beat Oklahoma State at home, Syracuse to win at home against NC State, the Tar Heels to go into Duke and win, and Southern Cal to go into Utah and win. Those are my picks for the week. Again, we will see how I will do. Again, this ain't a gambling show, so definitely don't take this to heart and don't put any money on it. If you lose your house, it's not my fault. I'm sorry. I've given plenty of advisories. I definitely am not that good, but we'll see. All righty, now, as we've all been waiting for, we're up to our great section, something we have every so often, the college view on college football, as my boy Snakes has said it in the past. Appreciate him for that term. Pretty much, we're going to go into like we have in the past, have different people on, different friends, different members, you know, of my family, people I know from all around the country with different backgrounds, different upbringings that, you know, have gone to different schools and universities around the countries. And as a result, I have them on. They talk about some of their daily stuff, what college is like, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to go into it. I think we get the gist. So today I'm going to have my good friend Sam Winkle on and have him talk to him about UNF or University of North Florida. So Sam, thank you for being on. All righty. Sam, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Of course. Alrighty, Samuel. So, tell me about University of North Florida or UNF, as they say. You know, the good place to start with that is like, where was I in high school? Okay. Like, where did I want to go? Yep. So, I, I was from uh, South Florida. I lived in uh, Weston, like Fort Lauderdale area, near Miami. Okay. Um, 30 minutes away, but still kind of nearby. Um, so I went to a high school called Cypress Bay, and so if you ever if you ever heard of Cypress Bay or you're from South Florida, how the campus is designed is like an actual the how the best way to describe it basically is that when they were building this high school, they wanted to look as closely similar or just they wanted to make it look like a college campus, mm -hmm. and so um, I got to be around a lot of people, and the, it actually worked. Mm -hmm. crazy enough i know there's a lot of like what is it trailers or like 
these little what is it called like those little like to go classrooms yeah like, I know I'm actually my I'm girlfriend at, had that in high school I think they call them trailers yeah they had a, a bunch of them at the time I think they're now buildings okay. but basically um, where I'm going with that is that it had like all these different type of areas like mm-hmm. a college campus would like you would have this building for social studies mm-hmm. and that's how the campus was built up okay I'm um, sure it's like that for every other high school but to go from there I wanted to I, I was in that environment where um, I wanted to go into like a really big college campus or just like this. Okay. And so um, when you're doing the circuit in Florida, you go to FSU, you go to UCF, you go to like University of Miami, um, you go everywhere. And then UNF was on the way. It was actually our first stop from okay. South Florida. We were doing the whole circle. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with the campus. Um, it was on a nature preserve, Ooh. which is how what they sell a lot of times of these um when they recruit new people or when mm-hmm. they have these um, on like onboarding sessions for like people coming from high school and touring, yeah. they, they definitely sold the idea that it's on a nature preserve. So okay. when I went there, it's changed now. Like I went there recently, it's mm-hmm. a totally different campus. Okay. But when I went, it was just a lot of trees. There still is a lot of trees, mm-hmm. but um, there was just a lot of wildlife too. And so gotcha. it, was, it, it had that kind of nice balance of a college campus, but it's also very nature and very nice like, mm-hmm. place to go. And I didn't know what kind of degree I wanted to go to at the time. So I literally, when I was choosing schools, mm-hmm. I chose based off of how much I enjoyed my first impression of it. Okay. And so it's not really the best choice. A lot of people go for <laughs> to a college because of a good degree. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but in, I think my game plan going into college was like, well, whatever school I end up in, um, if I want to transfer, I can transfer. That's True. a lot easier yeah. to do. You can get an AA and go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but that didn't happen for me. I stayed all four years. Gotcha. And I really enjoyed my time at UNF. But to go into further detail of the school, um, it was just different. I felt like there, it was not as big as UCF, and UCF is huge. Yeah, if you I've ever heard. walk around, it's gigantic. Mm-hmm. I went every time to UCF when there's a giant Ferris wheel. So I, that's how big it is. It <laughs> fit that in there, and there's an ice rink I think they had one time. Okay. Um, FSU, um, I knew too many people from high school going there, so I didn't want to go to school where... Yeah, you didn't want to go to high school 2.0, pretty much. Basically. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there was FIU, FAU, and then Mm -hmm. that was closer to home, so I was, like, thinking about that. Mm -hmm. Um, University of Miami, I'm pretty sure my dad wanted me to go there because he went to UM. Gotcha. His parents forced him to finish college, and that's another story, but he, he finished his degree at UM, Mm -hmm. and there's all these other schools, but again, going back to UNF, um... I wanted to go north. Gotcha. I told my parents, like, I'm going to go north. I'm going to go to Maryland. I'm going to be a Turpin. Or, like, I was going to go, like, I found this college in California, and the only reason why I wanted to go is because the urinals in the men's bathroom are waterfalls. They're not actually urinals. It's, like an, it's a liberal arts school, and I thought that was the funniest yeah, thing in the world. Yeah, that is pretty cool. But I was, like, all over the place when I was looking for gotcha. schools, and my mom said, like, listen, you have Florida prepaid. Uh-huh. Just go into Florida. Stay in Florida, yeah. please. Okay, gotcha. And so we went to UNF, and um, one of the downsides, and it's so mm-hmm. funny, I'm on your podcast, there's not a football team at UNF. <laughs> it it kind of blew my mind when I applied. I When I got accepted... Mm-hmm. I was doing all these applications. You have to do other stuff, like mm-hmm. you have to fill out forms. At that very moment, I was like, we don't have a football team. Gotcha. <laughs> like, I didn't think that far ahead. Like, uh-huh. FSCJ, like, all these other schools around um, Jacksonville, they have, like, mm-hmm. their own teams and stuff like that. Like, yeah. And um, I was like, maybe they have intramural or something like that. Like, it, it was just like, I was looking around. That's I was like, funny. there is no football team. So, perfect. That's a perfect spot. I was about to say, next, again, you mentioned the football team, which is great. We'll pick up in a second. But... To those people out there who aren't from Florida, I recently moved down to Jacksonville a little over a year ago. So, 
describe me as coming from South Florida, you know, not really knowing Jack. What's Jacksonville like? Is it, you know, a booming metropolis like New York City, or is it more like a, you know, a beachy area? Is it like the boondocks? Give me a little bit about Jacksonville. You know, it's so crazy. I think I've been here for like eight years, mm-hmm. and I I think my first year here, it was like I thought it was like a foresty area, like like trees everywhere. I I, I, went, I went to UNF, which is right next to the town center, so mm-hmm. that's like it was not even develop, fully developed at that time. Now yeah. it's like so many shops mm-hmm. and everything. But to put it into a word, it's like it's growing. Yeah, it's like a growing city. It's mm-hmm. not stopping. Um, I don't want to compare it to New York because it's nothing yeah. like New York. You're from New York. Yeah. I've been in New York a couple times. <laughs> mm-hmm. and like I kept thinking every time I go to downtown, I'm like, I wonder if there's ever going to be a subway. It's going to be <laughs> underwater. It's like I kept <laughs> thinking about that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. um, no, like Jacksonville is a growing area and you're, you see a lot of people flocking from California, Texas, New York, mm-hmm. really a lot of people from New York yeah. because of like the market, housing market and everything. Yeah. I don't want to go into there, yeah. but that subject, but um, this is too depressing to be honest but um <laughs> jacksonville has grown so much mm-hmm. and it's just not gonna stop yeah. it's gonna i think it's gonna probably touch the water and that's okay we're gonna calm down we have too many buildings <laughs> close to the water gotcha. but um it it's kind of amazing how like i wish we can go kind of go back in time and i can show you what it looked like in mm-hmm. 2015 yeah because it it's nothing like this. yeah nothing what i look at gotcha so what what would you say i guess i know they have the jaguars down here but what would you say i guess it's like the vibe or culture of the city. I know they're big Duval people, so they go wild about that. You know, it's so funny. My uh, my brother and my dad hate that. I became I was I was a Dolphins fan, and uh-huh. I became a Jags fan. Like really <laughs> quick. I, I just I love Jacksonville and the the vibe of it because coming from South Florida, it's all like fast paced. People don't really want to talk to you. I mean, they they talk to you if you like stop them and like say like I need help. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll help you, but and I'm not saying everyone's like that. Yeah. But when I went to Jacksonville, first of all, if you're from South Florida, driving is terrible in South Florida. It is, I, I can't believe I got a driver's license that bad. And I, I live this long. It's kind of crazy. And I, I like, I. it's funny that I feel like I'm exaggerating, but at the same time, like if you, if you know like South Florida, 595, 75 mm-hmm. South, it's really crazy. And yeah. It's like people you can have, I'm trying to keep this PG, but you can have a gun next to a person's car and they won't move. Yeah. And it's like, they won't give you that spot. They're yeah. just like, they're not going to let you like in. Jeez. Um, or like go into the sling. You have to like maneuver around that or be aggressive. That was the only two things. Jacksonville was a shock to me because mm-hmm. I was prepared. I had defensive driving on my mind. I was, yeah. like, I was like almost like martial <laughs> arts level of driving. And I'm, that's like over exaggerating it there. Mm-hmm. But, um, when I went to Jacksonville, everyone's like, they'll let you in. They'll like, they'll make some room for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to like cut someone off. I mean, there's people that like, cut you off. Yeah, and not everyone's of like course. that. And there's like big trucks and everywhere. Yeah, of course. And if you have a sedan, they're probably gonna see you. They're just gonna go over and <laughs> uh-huh. think you're or, like a mouse or something. Gotcha. But um, no, again, going back to like um, the difference between Jacksonville and South Florida. Like, mm-hmm. I love South Florida, but like Jacksonville, like I can see myself living here for a very long time. Okay. Or I can I see myself just nesting and having a family here. Yeah. But there's always something that stuck with me when I was in South Florida is like I wanna go out I wanna venture out more. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if Jacksonville's my final destination in life, but um, I mean it's fun visiting other places of and course, going back yeah. to Jacks. But nice. Yeah. Cool, cool. Now I know we kinda of mentioned the football team a little bit, so tell me a little bit about I guess the atmosphere at UNF, you know, whether it's sports, whether it's school, do you guys have certain traditions like for school or even for sports? Some of the, 
I guess, different qualities of school that you have, whether academically or athletically. That's a lot to unpack, Chris. I don't know how you're going to make me do this, but I'm joking. <laughs> um, so I wanted to start off with like just not having a football team. Yep. So it's weird. And it's like I I didn't plan this through going into college. And I was like freshman year. I was like, I kind of want to go to a college as a football team really badly because there's a lot of tradition. Uh-huh. I think at like UCF, you, there's a like oh, um, was like homecoming. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a fountain in the middle of the uh, area at UCF and everyone just jump, goes in, runs in, and then runs out. It's, it's crazy. It's disgusting, but it's awesome. Um, but UNF has some their own tradition. But um, I mean, like without football, I was like, what kind of traditions do we have? The first thing you'll notice, and I think they stopped selling this, but they have these T-shirts with a football on it at UNF. And if you go in the bookstore... It has a, a football and it says undefeated UNF undefeated or something. Like that. <laughs> University of North Florida undefeated. Never lost. We never lost a game. We never <laughs> lost a football game. Um, and you know they, they really do focus on the other sports too. Like mm-hmm. I think without football, they're. I mean the biggest argument that every president of the University of North Florida has said mm-hmm. when they get asked, "Hey, yep. can we have a football team?" It's like, well, I want to work on like getting a master's. There's another uh-huh. team, like soccer team, the swimming team. I want to build them up. I mean, they're great. I mean, they're yeah. getting people on. I mean, there's a lot of different excuses I would like to <laughs> point out. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, no, it's like I, I want, we want a master's degree, a doctorate degree. Like mm-hmm. we want to build a school up because gotcha. we got to put butts in seats. Yeah, and, like sixteen thousand students is a big number, but it's not like as big as like most college campuses mm-hmm. with a big crowd of a big football. Yeah, yeah, everything gotcha. like that. Um, but trying to think of the other other things you were pointing no out. all good so besides obviously you guys didn't have a football team you kind of just elaborated on the 16,000 it's like a middle mid-sized school not really larger but not yeah. small so what other sports or what type of you know stuff were you guys known were you guys really good at polo were you guys good at swimming like what type of sports games or stuff would you go to or what what was your school known for i'm sure every person who went to the university of north florida that's probably listening says a different sport okay the biggest one is actually basketball okay well because my freshman year in 2015 we made it to march madness oh wow that was crazy that's awesome that was really yeah. fun I went to the first game and I was like, "Oh my god, we're known for basketball." This, this <laughs> You're replaces, a basketball school, yeah. yeah and this replaces the football thing for me, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" Mm-hmm. And um, in like, and then after that, like sophomore, junior, senior, like we were not that good. I, mm-hmm. I it, there was just a lot, a lot of hype. The coach is really amazing too. Like, mm-hmm. I can't pick up his name right now. Oh, I should have come prepared, but he's very energetic and okay. he's very like out there. Um, and I always love just like seeing him like go even like later on when the team started not doing as well as mm-hmm. the, my freshman year 2015. It's just like he still had that same kind of energy. That's good. Yeah. So um, basketball is the biggest one. There's also I loved going to soccer games, yeah. and baseball games. Mm-hmm. They had those games like home games there. Uh-huh. And the best part about those games, I think I forgot if basketball did it too, but you got free swag. Oh, that's awesome! Um, yeah. And the soccer giveaways. I, I, yeah, did, did Alabama do that? Yes, we they gave away for like shirts sometimes, different types of like little giveaways. But yeah, they would that's do that a lot somewhere. of students like. I mean, uh-huh. it's first come first serve. It's the uh-huh. same thing as UNF, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. um, we had um, I still have them. It's like um, a scarf, like a soccer scarf. Oh wow. I thought it was really cool, and I was like, oh my god, this is really nice. But it was like during the cold season, so that's when that was the best time to go to like a soccer game, and you'll see like fraternities like do tailgates and that's gotcha. like, again it's like it's it feels different like a football tailgate is definitely different than a soccer tailgate. oh of course if, yeah if, you, if you've been to those tailgates like you know but yeah got you got you okay cool now would you say at unf like for any sport or anything in general you would you guys have like either a crosstown rival or someone who's like yeah we're gonna play them we hate playing them we're gonna beat the heck out of them did you guys really have like a big J-U. rival i think J-U. it was ju i, I like 
watching uh, UNF versus Kansas State because I had friends. Yeah, that's like, in Georgia, right? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I had friends that went to Kansas State, and uh-huh. um, I mean, like Georgia Southern was another one that I loved. Well, I'm, I was part of a fraternity, a Jewish fraternity, mm-hmm. uh, AEPI, mm-hmm. and um, I loved just hanging out with those guys from like um, Georgia Southern. Like, yeah, different really, schools. Yeah, mm-hmm. different schools. But like, it was very funny when they came to our game because I would just post them up film <laughs> and everything like that. So it was very much like I loved those specific teams mm-hmm. the most. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times when they were playing, like I think like UF or like FSU. Uh-huh. I didn't go to those games for some reason because I was just like I didn't feel that much of connection with those teams. Gotcha. And I didn't okay. feel there was a really a rivalry. Um, because we didn't have a football team, mm-hmm. um, the biggest football game in Jacksonville was the Florida Georgia game. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the tailgates were so much fun. If oh yeah! You, if you ever go to the tailgates, first of all, you get a sunburn. Like if you can put <laughs> as much sunscreen as you want, you're still mm-hmm. getting a sunburn. Um, so every time I go, I just you know it's close to. I think most of the the games occur during October. So yep. every year, I have a yep. really bad sunburn, and I would my costume would be a zombie farmer with a, like a farmer stand. It was like, that was the best costume. Um, but that, that's just like one of the memories I have just while at UNF and doing gotcha. those games. And cool. JU, for those who don't know, is Jacksonville University. So another school within Jacksonville. Yeah, and it's was, also a private school. Yeah, what was that? Would you say maybe like 15, 20 minutes from UNF's campus? Yeah, it's not that far. Okay, gotcha. Cool, cool. All righty, well that transitions more into our... Uh, Tell me about Ozzy the Osprey and the big swoop that I've heard about and seen you do on multiple occasions. Okay, Ozzy the Osprey is probably the coolest name for uh, like a mascot in the world. <laughs> I cannot find. I, I mean, I see like um, gritty or what's it like the what am I, the soccer one. Uh huh. Yeah, I know, know exactly. About? I know exactly what you're talking Gr- about. Not grimace, but like is a. Like, that's an interesting mascot, but Ozzy the Osprey, if you ever get a photo with him, it's kind of fun. Like, I've actually had a good time. Like, every interaction you have with a mascot, they just say, like, oh, hi, wave at you. Uh-huh. They try to get a photo with you, but they really don't. Like, mm-hmm. you, you don't know what's in the mind of a mascot yeah. under the outfit. But, like, the Ozzy one was, like, my experience was, like, he wanted to get in the photo with you, <laughs> even if you didn't have your camera out. And he's like, hey, what's up? Like, he wouldn't talk to you. I mean, that mm-hmm. would be really weird. <laughs> um, but he would just, like... His gestures would mm-hmm. kind of like invite you almost. Yeah. And that, that's not like for every single Aussie mascot yeah. out there. Maybe there's some that just like does grumpy. Normal. Yeah, maybe the grumpy Aussie. <laughs> but uh, I thought I thought it was the coolest name for an osprey. Um, I do want to go into a story about the swoop. Of course. So for those who don't know what the swoop is, it's it's kind of like a motion. It's an arm. It's a whole body experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see it a lot. If, I mean, like. You want to practice it right now during the thing i mean we're sitting so i don't want to like make a lot of commotion but um you can look it up online or instagram they do it a lot um it's the swooping motion where basically your arms are out your like have your we could do this together if you want yeah. so have your arms out hey, we'll stand up here we go okay yeah, let's do it. excuse us ladies and gentlemen as we transition the chairs okay okay so if you're at home um if you're driving, uh, don't do this. Please, like, pull over or wait until you are at a good stopping position to practice with us. If you're at home, like, make sure there's no tables or anything near you. Um, but basically, have your arms out like you're in a T position. And now drop just your hands like, so your nails are facing the ground. Yeah, perfect. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start this next motion. So basically, um, before we start it, you're going to choose either your right or left foot. I do my right foot, and I have it in front of my left foot. So I, I almost like move it forward mm-hmm. a little bit, like like one or two inches. Mm-hmm. And as your leg is moving forward, your arms are dropping down slowly. So mm-hmm. as you do this, and this is just a practice. So yep. we have our foot 
in front of us, we have our hands grouped down, and we have to have our fingers close to our knee that's moving forward. So that is the motion. So fat, going a little yeah. faster, you have your arms out again, and you swoop, and then you put it all together. It's like a motion, and you can mm -hmm. see this online and everything. Now, getting into my story, let's sit down real quick. Yep, no problem. Thank you for um, everybody to swoop. <laughs> now we know the motion of the swoop. Now, the most important part of the swoop is when we meet down in the middle towards the knee, mm -hmm. and we stop there. We don't cross our arms or anything. So you saw my reaction, I think, in the office. Mm -hmm. We worked together at Ernst & Young. And so I was... Um, I think I was like working and I mm -hmm. wanted just to relax my eyes. I wanted to look away. Mm -hmm. And I saw that on Instagram, UNF posts a lot of these stories. And so I was like looking through them. I do like watching them. Um, but one of the things that I noticed is that a lot of the videos I saw, and I started getting angry. I lost my marbles. The marbles went down the sewer when I saw this. <laughs> I saw people crossing their arms as they were doing the swoop. That is not the correct way of swooping. I learned how to swoop at orientation, and they were very strict with me. Like it did, like they strict with everyone. They even like stopped someone when they did it wrong. They were like lazily doing it because they didn't want to do mm -hmm. it. Um, but they were like, "You got to do it again. Like you can't." The swoop is a legit thing. No it's messing a, around. You can't mess with the swoop. And I think there was a lot more teen, like um, college spirit at the time. Mm -hmm. but the, I'm sure it's still there now in 2022. Yeah. Um, but when I saw these people cross their arms, mm -hmm. I was like livid. I was like, I cannot believe this is where my school is ending up. It is unbelievable. I, I like lost it. And um, I was really good about it in the office. I did not show my emotions. But what I did was, and I... I Kind of don't recommend everyone doing it. Nothing bad happened, <laughs> but I the where the story was posted with the account was the University of North Florida. It was their official account on mm -hmm. Instagram. I direct messaged that account. Um, I wrote them like not like a Karen level review, but I got very close where I was like, "Listen, I love my time at UNF." I started very sweet. Mm -hmm. I was like, "These videos are great." However, um, I found. Something that shocked me. I, I think I used that word. It was like something that disturbed me. Uh, not disturbed. I think it was shock. Um, I don't want to pull it up because we're in an interview and it's rude. But I was overall just shocked of what I just saw. I saw these people crossing their arms because mm -hmm. birds don't cross their arms. They don't cross their I've wings. Of course not. Bird cross their wings while they fly. They flap it close, like they're clapping their hands. And so I, I, I like I wrote this long, long message and. My original intention was this was just going to die. Mm -hmm. It's like it was just going to stay in their box. They're never going to open this. Mm -hmm. I know they post their story, but they're never going to like read their comments. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't read the comment if I was like, a school. university. Yeah. A lot of people are going to message me about like I want my refund because yeah. I don't have a job. <laughs> I mean, like that's probably the most messages they mm -hmm. get or like comments. I was going to do a comment, but it's a story, so yeah, you, it's hard to comment. You can't really see what you wrote after. Mm -hmm. um, so. I think it goes straight to a message anyway, so I don't know how the story works. I'm sure those who are at home on Instagram, you know how it works. I, I mm -hmm. like to just play around with it. Yeah. Um, but not to go too long on a tangent, two days later, same time I sent that message, I get a response back from the University of North Florida. And um, I was like, what did they write me? <laughs> I was like, wow, like, yeah. they actually wrote back. Mm -hmm. And so their response was, I think, the most professional way of handling my outburst. Hmm. Uh, they said, like, hey, Sam, how are you doing? Uh, we love that your enthusiasm with the University of North Florida was a very positive experience. Um, with your what you brought up, everyone 
is different. Everyone has comes from a different background, different culture. Um, they learn things differently, and it's their way of distinguishing themselves and like being different, and standing out. And there's more to that message, but that's uh-huh. a gist. Mm-hmm. And so they were very nice about it. And I literally wrote back because I can't believe they wrote me back. It's like, listen, thank you so much. Uh, this was really insightful. Mm-hmm. I, in, in reality, I was very upset and yeah. did not fix my problem of like the swooping. Yeah. Uh, but they literally thanked me for my like my yeah. team spirit in my college, like like my attitude towards the university. So. Um, I thought it was really funny. I did not expect it. And that's like a funny little like thing I get to hold on to now. Like Sam I, Winkle saving the swoop at UNF. The yeah, right way. Yeah, the right way. Correct I'm way. Gonna, I'm going to literally run for uh, Jacksonville mayor. Watch out. <laughs> Lenny Curry, watch your back. And I'm going to take over UNF. That's how it works. But you know, I, I think I, I want to do other things. But nice. that was one of my favorite moments, though. Perfect. And I was about to say that kind of transition to the last thing here. I know recently you just got married, so congratulations again. But Thank you. What would you say is, and again, I know you kind of mentioned a couple, but what would you say was your favorite memory being at UNF? I think meeting my wife. Okay. It's just the one memory that comes back to me. Yep. Uh, we met through a mutual friend. and mm-hmm. I, I was, So at UNF, there was like different clubs and communities you can mm-hmm. live in. Um, I was part of the Healthy Osprey, so it's like a fitness group that like works out together. It's it's it's, it's a whole thing. It's yeah. a living community. Okay. Uh, LLC, um, living learning community. I think that's the abbreviation that goes with it. But through one of my friends, um, Sydney, yeah. um, she knew uh, my soon to be wife, Chris, and she was sitting with uh, well, my now wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, but she was sitting with her friends, and so we walked over to the table, and mm-hmm. I think Kristen said, like, I think you go to my, you're in my biology class. I think she saw, she says she saw me first, but I don't remember seeing her. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we were in the same biology class, and like overall, we just hit it off there. We yeah. studied, we fell in love. I mean, I asked her to be the girlfriend. I asked her to be my girlfriend. Um, on this beautiful bridge, I later, like seven years later, or sorry, six years later, um, I asked her to be my wife, and mm-hmm. then now we've been together for seven years, and mm-hmm. yeah, now we're married. But um, that's the one memory that kind of comes back. I think just walking around campus, yeah, with her. I think it's interesting because I want to say the classes are the things I remember the most. Yeah. I mean, I definitely enjoyed some of my classes. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say every single class. Oh, of course, was. no, I agree. I didn't enjoy every class in college, but there were some that I remember that I loved going to. Yeah, and so um, I mean, the professors I'll never forget. I mean, I had like retired FBI agents That's as awesome. my professors. Yeah, because I mean, like, you were a criminal justice major, right? Yeah, I double majored in criminal justice and psychology, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do a third major because I found out that one of my friends triple majored at USF, which is University of South Florida. Mm-hmm. That's in Tampa, yep. which is weird because you think University of South Florida yeah. is South Florida. Yeah. But um, again, that's a conversation for another time. Uh, but it. You know, again, like, um, it worked out. I, I yeah. have a really great career now. And, oh, it's actually, thanks to her, I actually worked at EY. There you go. So shout out Kristen there. She had a friend that worked at EY, and it worked out. That's awesome. Well, Sam, that, you'll definitely have to take me around UNF, because I still haven't been to the campus, and I've definitely wanted to walk we'll around. We'll have so. to have a follow-up podcast interview, and just, I want to get your thoughts, because okay. I want to find old photos of where things, because Kristen and I took photos a lot around mm-hmm. campus. So there was things that weren't there before that are there now. Ah, okay, perfect. We so can get a we'll before and after. Nice. Yeah, we'll get. We'll try to. I'll try to recover those photos if okay. I can. But. Cool. Sounds good, Sam. Thank you for uh, telling us a lot of information, a lot of knowledge about Jacksonville, UNF, Ozzy Osprey, the Big Swoop, um, everything. Um, appreciate the time, and uh, as always, everybody, thank you for tuning in, coming back every week, listening to the great information. Great conversation, discussion with this community and this family. As always, 
Everyone be safe, you know, be well, and uh, look forward to talking to everybody next week. Enjoy the weekend. A lot of college football games this weekend. So as always, peace. See ya.